Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. COVID-19 response around the world continues to allow a sense of normality to resume. A lot of industries home in New Zealand. Industries home in New Zealand are preparing for another summer of hurt. Sport is no different and the fears the impact could leak further than summer and deeper into 2022 is a hard one to swallow for different sporting codes, organisations and athletes. Rob Nickel is the New Zealand Rugby Players Association. Big wig, he's the boss and also heads up the Athletes Federation. He's on the line with us now. Morena, Rob. Good morning, Izzy. How are you? I'm good, mate. Me and Baz are up and about, and we're up and about now because we want to hear your concerns, mate, your concerns heading into the new year with uh, the MIQ situations. Give us your take, bud. Yeah, look, I I just think, you know, obviously COVID's been challenging and there's a little bit of learning as you go, but I think earlier this year, um, through some pretty good work, we brought ourselves time. We brought ourselves time to make a plan. Mm. Uh, so that we can get things back up and running, whether it be tourism or trade mm. or sport. And sport is an industry at the top level. It feeds the country in many different respects, from community all the way through. And I just feel we missed the trick. I think we should have been much better prepared. Mm. Um, and then we arrive at the point that we're at now. You know, we've just had rugby teams and personnel touring the world. I think we went to five different countries. We played in kind of full stadiums. Uh, the cricket boys are, are doing it over in the subcontinent at the moment. But we've had a 2020 World Cup. We've had an Olympic Games. The world is well and truly moving on. Is and yet we come back here, and the announcement that covers the next three to six months in New Zealand kind of doesn't make it possible to play rugby league or basketball or rugby with Australia. And that doesn't make yeah. sense. And I just feel that someone needs to bang the table and say, well, actually, and I think plenty of people are, um, it's not good enough now just to have a sort of a broad brush approach designed by health and, and if you like, government and bureaucrats mm. and Wellington. I think they need to hear the voice of industry and in respect of sport, we need to stand up and, and help them solve our problems and enable us because we don't want handouts. Mm. We don't want special treatment. What we want is Kiwi number eight wine innovation and, and, a, and a performance focus to say, how do we make this happen safely? And it is absolutely possible. The rest of the world is showing that. So... We're just saying yeah. let's step up, look at the industry specifically, 
and get things back up and running because we just need to be enabled. We can do it ourselves, but it's uh, it's a real struggle when um, when they're putting the brakes on us. Mate, oh, I love it. I love your honesty and and you you come into the front for many organisations around New Zealand. I think it's needed, but. F- for you, are, are they listening? Is anyone in the government giving you any time of the day to, to listen and hear your voice of concerns? And are we getting anywhere? Um, I, I feel like we, we, we're making up excuses. Yes, they've got a lot on their plate, but that's why people are given portfolios, given special designs to, to, to be a part of the government. Are they listening? Yeah, look, and I, I think they, they sort of want to, but they've got... They've had a, a modus operandi, I suppose, over the last couple of years where government and health have very much driven things, and health has driven a lot. And if I look across mm. all of industry in the whole country, I feel there has been a voice missing, and it's the voice of business, yeah. it's the voice of innovation. And you've seen some of our business leaders in particular coming out and banging the table and saying, we could be doing this better. You need to hear from us. We've got ideas, we've got thoughts and innovations that can improve the situation and allow us to keep on. Um, and I think in that respect... You know, over the last 18 months, if I reflect, we've worked with New Zealand Rugby from a rugby perspective. Sport New Zealand have always coordinated the sports and submissions have been put in and they've been turned down or they've been um, asked to be resubmitted. And, and at every at every pinch, it, it seems to be that everyone's working quite hard to put plans in place and put things... You know, take NPC, for example. We had a really solid plan to get the three teams out, uh, you know, all double vaccinated, all negative tested, into isolation it would have absolutely been fine. We had to submit the application three different times. Each time, the message was, put another application in, we, we think it's going to go well this time. And each time it got denied. It was all done nice and properly and privately and quietly, but it got nowhere. And and I think at some point, the frustrations say, hey, hang on a sec, we need to bring some transparency to this. And that's why we think it's important mm-hmm. to talk about this publicly now and, and explain to people what's actually happening. Because... You, you really are starting to, to make it pretty tough to keep these industries going, and there's no mm. reason for it. And, you know, there can be a solution that allows the Brumbies to come in double vaccinated, tested, isolated as a bubble, play a game of rugby, and leave three days later to go back to Australia, all under that protocol. We've yeah. just done it around the world. Teams are doing it around the world. There's no reason why the Warriors and the Rugby League in Australia can't set up protocol with basketballers. Um, individual athletes. Mm. We've heard a lot of narrative in the last 18 months around individual athletes and the struggle they've had. You know, sport, a whole, if you go back, we got 286 million from the government 18 months ago. Why don't we put some of that money into a specialist sport MIQ facility? And then we could have actually offered spots back to the public. Like, there's a whole lot of ideas there that just haven't been able to be actioned. And I think it's time now that we say, hey, hang on a sec, we need a, we need a stronger voice publicly, bring some transparency to it. and take a bit more of a can-do attitude to it um, because we've got, if you look at next year, you've got international cricket teams coming to this country. At the moment, they are looking, thinking, I'm not going to spend seven days in isolation. Like New Zealand, what are you doing? We don't have to do that anywhere around the world mm. at the moment. We've got Ireland coming here for three test matches. They're going to be shaking their heads saying, well, we, we, we don't have time to do that. We can't do it. So we might be looking at the States for that, um, to take those fixtures offshore. And we can't wait till March or February. Like these these international sporting teams and organisations need certainty and they need to be able to plan. Yeah. And then we have a, a Women's World Cup and a Cricket World Cup. All these tournaments are going to be in jeopardy. World Rugby won't go past, I'd imagine, the 1st of February without absolute certainty that they can hold this tournament here next year. If we can't play a trans-Tasman rugby competition, how do we hope to host a Women's World Cup? 
Like we really do need to provide a lot more clarity, a lot more certainty with a lot more we can do this attitude. Hey, Rob, it's Baz here, mate. Hey, um, appreciate you coming on uh, Baz and for Breakfast as well. This is a subject I'm, I'm pretty hot on as well. I've probably, I've probably chosen my words quite quite uh, sedately uh, since uh, since I got back from overseas, but I, I can tell can tell you now, like I can tell the people out there that travelling around the world throughout COVID, um, the perception of New Zealand is that we are so far behind. We had market dominance for so long in what we're doing, and now we are considered a bit of a laughing stock because we we uh, we have just lost all that ground and and all all the rest of the world is carrying on as if things um things are normal or or are trying to to work out ways to be able to get as much normality as possible throughout a pandemic and they're putting solutions in place they're putting um structures in place where you can continue to allow these sorts of industries to continue and and it's not just I think right now it's not just the the impact that it's having at this point in time, but it's the runway that it's going to take to be able to then get things back up and running again. We we risk losing one of the most fundamental aspects of us as New Zealanders, which is sport. That's what gets us going, and and we're losing it because no one trusts the organisations to be able to to be able to uh, operate themselves. I, I I spend a little bit of time in MIQ, mate, um, and and this is the the same MIQ where you're told that. The, the virus travels through the doors, so you've got to keep your doors shut, etc. I, I heard a bit of banging outside at one stage, um, and I, I poked my head out the door with my mask on, and I saw some painters and decorators just uh, just giving the, the place of a, a bit of a spruce up, and I'm pretty sure they weren't part of the MIQ facility. So so I think my, I guess what I'm trying to allude to is the fact that there's no trust in there that the organisations can do it, because I don't believe this current setup of people are, doing, are, are capable of doing it themselves. So what is it which needs to be done uh, before sort of anarchy sets in and, and sporting organisations just take it into their own hands? What needs to be done? How can we do it? Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think first and foremost it's that attitude. Like, I mean, you guys are from a sporting environment, you know about performance and we need to perform better. So that's the, that's the starting box. So, you know, gather in the ideas and, and have look at the opportunity that we need to make this happen as opposed to a, a, a stage of fear or um, conservatism that just makes it all too hard, you know, and, and it's so easy to say no. You know, have a, have a can-do attitude, I think, is the starting point. Um, bring the ideas to the table and look at what others are doing and and get stuck into it. And I think, you know, Bryn, you've been, like you said, you've been, you've been exposed to this probably more than most sports people in New Zealand um, traveling the world and, you know, likewise, we've just had all the All Blacks and Black Ferns be seven days in MIQ. Um, I don't know how much it costs to hold 150-odd people in MIQ for seven days, but they've been tested every two days on tour. Um, they've come back here, they're all double vaccinated, and seven days, that's a, that's a lot of money and a lot of energy just to watch them, and yet I'm not quite sure what the numbers are at the moment, but we have people with COVID all been trusted to isolate at home. Um, throughout Auckland and, and throughout the country. And it's kind of like, yeah. that just doesn't stack up to me. You know, and so yeah. first and foremost, I think it's that ability to be able to, you know, if people are, are double vaccinated or have that negative test pre-departure, they arrive, can, you know, can we trust them? And I think we can, particularly sports teams and sports people and their, and their contingent. I mean, the Australians are about to host the Melbourne Open, for goodness sake, coming from all over the world with their trainers and, and coaches and players. You know, you can trust them to do the right thing, to train and then perform. That's what they're there to do. 
and people in trade will say the same thing. Is you can trust us. We will we will abide by the rules. We will come back. We will be vaccinated. We'll, we will get tested. We will stay in touch with you remotely. We will check in with you each day while we're at home, isolating for two or three days before we return yet another negative test. But let us get on. Don't hold us bolted up for seven days in a hotel room. That doesn't make too much sense anymore. Mm. So I guess it's got to that point where the risks we all now we all understand, and, and keep in mind that that people don't want to get COVID either. So they're going to take the best the best uh, the best choices possible to try and stay away from the virus. Also, so the risks of getting COVID versus um, the risks of losing industries and losing the sporting industry, it's starting to become pretty close, I'm guessing, mate. You need, you need to get this up and running again, right? Yeah, and I think that you know, that's a that's a really important part and we need to single, send a message to the rest of the world that we need to get up and running. It's As you guys know, it's, it's pretty tough when you live in New Zealand and you're at the other end of the world and you're trying to compete, whether it's been cricket or you're trying to make your way in basketball or you know, football is a classic example. We're, we're a long way from the action to a certain extent, and rugby is similar, believe it or not, you know, even though it's such a big part of an environment, but, but we're a long way from the action, and it's tough enough to compete professionally when you've got a population of 5 million people and you're competing against massive populations with really serious financial resources and significantly more participant numbers, etc. You know, look at the Black Caps in India at the moment. David Goliath battled yet again, and... You know, you, you just can't afford to fall behind and you can't afford to be constrained. You need to be enabled to be able to do this sort of stuff and 100% understand the importance of family connecting. That's important. You know, tourism is another industry. It needs a hand. It needs the government to dive deeper into the industry and say, how can we enable them to enable themselves? And that's what we're saying from a sports perspective is we know we can do a lot better than requiring teams to isolate for seven days because teams just won't come and we can't play competitions. It doesn't work for us. So let's come up with something that does work for us so we can get on with it and stay connected and keep doing what sport and particularly at the professional level does for the community game. You know, rugby, cricket, um, basketball, football, they are industries and they are professional sports and they rely on us bringing revenue in to feed the system. And I know we all have a torrid debate about whether enough goes into that space, but the reality is it still depends on it. And if you keep constraining us, it's going to start to collapse and, and that's not going to do anyone any favours. And, you know, what I'm saying is what business have been saying, it's what um, tourism has been saying. It's, it's like... it's. No longer can one rule cater for everything. We need to get more industry-specific and we need to come up with ways to enable different industries to get up and running and stay connected and and be successful. Nice, Rob. I love your honesty, mate. Hey, just quickly, what are the conversations... I know you do a lot with the Rugby Players Association and the Rugby rugby Union. What are the conversations like with the players? Because I know a lot of them struggled with this year. There's so much uncertainty, a lot of time away. Heading towards next year, if, if... we don't get any changes. How does Super Rugby Trans Tasman oh. look if if we don't change it? Are you able to share well, any we insights we, on that? We we have to get changes, frankly, easy. We have to get changes. Like it's, yeah. you know, we've had two years where that competition has been in a bit of turmoil. Let's be honest. I think everyone's done an amazing job and being able to keep some rugby content up and running. You look at it, like yeah. I can't explain how much work was put in just to keep the NPC alive this year. And the efforts that we've got, it's all the work that went in to try to get the Auckland teams out, getting everyone vaccinated, to altering jaws that people don't see. And a lot of it didn't come to fruition because we were constrained at every step. 
you know, it's the same with that Super Rugby. We've got to get up and running. We've lost South Africa. We need to get that comp up. We've got two new teams yeah. from the Pacific Islands with Moana Pacifica and Fiji and Vera. Like, we need to get this thing up and running. We don't have an option. Like, the, the fallback mm. option is actually quite a disaster. And that's what is concerning us is the government is not hearing. Is yeah. You know, it is getting to this crisis kind of stage. And um, the players, frankly, and as you know, they have no choice in terms of this is what's in front of you. You've got to roll up the sleeves. You've got to get on it and get into it. And they did 14 weeks away, long tour, tour like no other. Same with the Black Ferns. You know, they just, the Black Cats are doing it for cricket at the moment. They just get on and do it. But they've come back now. They've mm. done their seven days in MIQ, which is, they find a bit baffling. They've gone home. They've got to do another three days before they can truly reconnect with family. And then they're going to be sitting there and they're going to go, are you serious? I've just travelled all over the world. I've played in front of full stadiums, 70, 80, 90,000 people. And, I, and I've travelled. We've had no issues. We've played the best in the world. And I come back here and somehow it's almost like you've gone back in a time warp. We can't play our own domestic competition between Australia and New Zealand. Are you serious? I'm turning on TV. I'm seeing the Big Bash being played in Australia. Seeing rugby league being played in Australia. It's all happening, but we, for some reason, we can't play across Australia and New Zealand. Like, what's going on? We had a travel bubble eight months ago. Mm. Like, what, what's, what's gone backwards here? Why is this not working? And that's, that's what they're going to be asking themselves over summer. And it's going to become incredibly frustrating because there's a point at which they're saying, hey, I, I get it, I'm prepared to do this because it's really important for the sport and we need to get up and running and we've got to keep the revenue coming in and that's all fine. But there is a point at which it's kind of becomes quite... You know, the, the the fight starts to drain out of you because you're just not getting the helping hand that you want from the government, frankly. And what we're saying is get more focused on sport, work out what is needed to allow sport to help itself. We don't want government handouts. We don't want more money from them. We want to be able to do it ourselves. And to do that, we need to be enabled. And at the moment, that's kind of um, that's slipping out of our grasp, which is why we're banging the table a bit here. And probably we'll cop a little bit for doing it, but if it bring some attention to it, it's worth it, because I know, to answer your question directly, the players are going to be incredibly frustrated if they're heading into next Mm. year, whether it's a a women's rugby player or a cricketer or a footballer, those massive World Cups coming up, the opportunity to take Ireland on at home in three test matches, the opportunity to play super rugby, um, Pacifica with those new teams and, and to get things up and rolling, whether it's the Warriors who have done it so unbelievably tough. I mean, that is a private sporting franchise that keeps New Zealand Rugby League on the map. Imagine if we didn't have the Warriors and where Rugby League would be. And yet those guys for two years haven't been able to play, you know, and now we've got a, there is an opportunity now to create a situation where they can come home and they can play, but it's not getting the focus it needs. And we just need the leaders to step up and, and do that. Give it some focus. Good man, Rob. Thanks heaps, mate. I totally agree with you. Both of us nice, are on the, on the same page. Not just have we slipped up, but we're slipping off the face of the earth as well, becoming a bit of a laughing stock all around the world. And that's not ideal for a country which everyone adores. So it's a real shame. Let's hope we can get some traction in the next little while. After all, that's why we all got vaccinated, right? So we can get back to normality and let these industries <laughs> kick back into gear. So let's hope that things can be rectified soon. And it's great that you're at the forefront of, of pushing this case, mate. I know that sometimes... Thanks, Put your Rob. head up and, uh, and people want to chop it off, but I think this is such an important topic and such an important thing because sport's so important to all of us here in New Zealand. So thanks heaps for joining us here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Rob. Appreciate your time, mate. 
good to chat, guys. And um, yeah, let's hope that uh, let's hope we can see a bit of movement. Um, you know, we know things can change. We know that in March next year, you know, things might take a turn, but we can adapt at that point. But in the meantime, you know, give us a mm-hmm. give us a runway. Let us take off. Let us fly. Perfect. Cheers, lads. Here, here. Good man. That is Rob Nickel, New Zealand Rugby Players Association boss, and he also heads up the Athletes Federation talking on behalf of all the athletes around about the challenges which everyone's facing being stuck down here at the very bottom of the earth. So let's get things cranking. Let's get crowds back. Let's get people back. It's 7.24 in the morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.